No light from lantern or candle glimmered from the cracks in its shutters as it loomed three stories over the narrow street below. No sounds came either of disturbance in the backland, of startled animals, no knocking on the door. It was not many minutes before they came out again the way they had gone in. Not three this time, but two. Do you think they will find him? asked Mary. They will find him. I... But in time. Janet was weary now, anxious for her rest and to be out of the storm. I cannot tell. We have done what we could. It is in God's hands. They closed the penned gate behind them and went swiftly up the water path. As they forked to the left, Janet looked back. She had not been mistaken then. They were watched. The figure met her eyes for a brief moment, then disappeared into the darkness. She would not tell Mary whom she had seen, not until they were safe home. Perhaps it would be better not to tell her at all. Chapter One The Tempest Banff the same night, two hours earlier. The old woman lifted her candle the better to observe me. You would not think of going out tonight. Aye, mistress, I would. She fixed me with a look I knew well. On a night such as this, no honest man would stir from his own hearth. Indeed you would not, mistress, I said. But as you have often assured me, I am no honest man. I took down my hat, and bidding her no farewell, I went forth into the remorseless storm. The wind which from my attic room in the old schoolhouse had wailed through every crack and crevice like a legion of harpies was transformed out in the night into the implacable wrath of God himself. No lantern could withstand its force, and every window was shuttered against its blasts. The sea raged over the harbour walls and soaked me with its spray. There was not a single light in the town of Banff to guide a decent man on his way. As for me, I knew my way well enough. I pulled my great furred cloak more tightly round me and pressed on. All manner of ordure rushed past my feet through the open gutters towards the sea. Many foul things could be disposed of on a night like this, and tomorrow the streets would be washed clean of them. I was glad of the darkness. Some way ahead of me, perhaps only ten yards apart, lay St. Mary's Kirk and the Market Inn the one offering redemption, the other damnation. Once I had believed I knew where each lay. Once, but not now. At the kirkyard I turned right, and presently pushed open the door of the inn. Jaffrey, of course, was already there. Charles Tom sat opposite him, but did not lift his head when I entered, despite the fearsome blast that followed me through the door and caused the shutters to bang on their hinges. The shore porters looked up for a moment from their gaming by the hearth, but seeing no one of interest, returned without comment to their dice. In a gloomy corner furthest from the fire watched James Cardinal, the session clerk. My arrival prompted no greeting other than the slow smile of satisfaction, which spread ill-masked across his lips. He was the eyes and ears of Bailey Buchan, 
who, by some oversight on the part of Beelzebub, could not be in two places at once. I wondered what unfortunate soul the Bailey was visiting himself upon on this hellish night. Jaffrey hailed me as I approached his table. "'An ill night, Alexander!' "'It is that, Doctor,' I replied, taking my usual seat beside him. Charles Tom said nothing but continued to gaze in misery at his ale. Such misery was best left alone. I would not press him. Jaffrey, however, was determined to draw him out. He addressed himself again to me. "'Charles is not in the best of spirits tonight, Alexander. I have been hard put to extract two words from him this last half-hour.' He sucked ostentatiously on his pipe. "'I have pulled more compliant teeth.' The young master of the Borough's Song School looked up at this.